Welcome to Season 1 of The Happiness Show, your valued resource on how to live successfully on the love path. Here's your love path mentor, Julia Thornborough. Reclaim your self-worth. You are not your put-downs. Hi, this is Julia Thornborough, your host. Welcome to The Happiness Show, where I will show you how you can live an extraordinary life on the love path and leave the fear path behind. This show will give you time-saving tips on how you can do just that. Now, if you like what you hear and feel you have learned something, hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss a single episode. Share the episode with one other person. It's the best way to help the show and help me reach more people. Reclaim your self-worth. You are not your put-downs. By the end of this episode, you will know why you are not your put-downs, but more importantly, how you can reclaim your self-worth. Today's episode boils down to two qualities, respect and disrespect. The put-downs you received are fear-based because they showed you no respect. Respect, on the other hand, is love-based because you are respected for who you are. So let's get started and discover the whys and wherefores of put-downs and why you weren't respected. Now, out of all the journalistic questions I could have started this episode with, One begs to be asked above all the rest, and that is why. Why would anyone have the temerity to put you down, particularly when you are someone who is amazing and incredible? Well, sad to say, it can be summed up in one word, forgiveness, or the lack thereof. Because you see, If a person is grounded with a sense of calm and peace, both with themselves and others, they would never put you or anyone else down. So basically, the people who were involved in putting you down were simply passing their wounds on to you. Wounds that had never been healed at the emotional level. Now it's also possible the idea of forgiveness was never presented to them. They didn't know anything about it. Sad to say, I think that was the case with my father when I was seeing him for what turned out to be the last visits when he was in the hospital. On one of those visits, I said, Dad, when you look back over your life, What are you most proud of? Not even a millisecond passed. And my dad blurted out, Nothing was good. I was shit upon my entire life. 
I stood there flat-footed because that is not what I was expecting my father to say. But as he blurted that out, it caused me to think that this is possibly a wound that went back all the way to when he was four years old. His mother came home and found her husband in bed with another woman. She promptly divorced him, my dad's father. My dad never heard from his father ever again. Not a birthday card, not a Christmas card, not a note of any kind. That began an incredibly deep wound. I can't even imagine how I would have felt if I knew no parent ever cared about me. And I'm sure along the way, other wounds piled on top of that. But here's the accolades that I feel my dad could have said. When he was in high school, he dropped out in order to work and pay for his mother's medications. He then applied, to, and he applied, then got his GED, and then from there, now this is back in St. Louis, he then applied to Washington University, was accepted, graduated with a degree in accounting, later went on to study to become a CPA, passed all four quadrants, and with my mother, when he married her, she was a widow, and in her marriage, she had had two sons. Now, they were about 17, 18 years older than me when I came along. But my dad offered to send them to college, fully funded, no strings attached. Then when my dad remarried my stepmom, she was a widow also. In her marriage, she had had three children. My dad did the same. He offered all three of them a fully funded, no strings attached college education. Only one of the three children took him up on the offer. And then, of course, there was me, and he paid for that. Now, for me, that's a lot to be proud of. But sad to say, his wounds clouded over those accomplishments. And what that means is that when my dad did cross over at the age of 81, those wounds went right with him. Now, when you look at the people in your life who were passing on their wounds onto you, tell me if any of these put-downs sound familiar. You're so lazy. You'll never amount to anything. You're so stupid. You don't have a brain in your body. Look at your siblings. Why can't you be accomplished like them? How clumsy can you be? You are such a disappointment. Why did I have you in the first place? I want you to know I didn't escape put-downs either. When I was 16, my world history teacher was doing a unit on world religions. And that was my first time to hear anything about Buddhism, Hinduism, or this concept reincarnation. And as I heard more about it, I thought, now that's a really cool concept. Because 
when you stop and think about it, how can any of us be expected to get all of our lessons in one lifetime? It didn't make sense. Now at the dinner table, my stepmother tried in the worst way to get conversation going. But invariably, we sat there like mummies. Nothing was said. All you could hear were forks hitting the china. That's it. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to break this. And so I said, you know, today in world history class, we were talking about this concept, reincarnation. And I, the more I thought about it, I thought it makes a lot of sense. I mean, really, how can we get our lessons in one lifetime? I could not utter another sentence. My dad slammed his hands hard on the kitchen table, so hard, in fact, that the flatware jumped. And he said, where did you get that idea? Did you get that idea from your friend up the street? Now, I want you to know, my friend up the street graduated valedictorian of my high school graduating class. So it's not like I was running around with unsavory people. No, it was just me doing some reflecting and analyzing. And my dad demanded that I meet with the minister to get my head screwed on straight. Well, I dutifully met with the minister, but I still held on to my belief of past lifetimes. Now, you know, when you are in the thick of put-downs, it's very easy to make a really big jump and think that other families, other kids, have got it so much better than you. But in plain truth, hardly any of us ever come up with a perfect childhood. That rarely happens. That gold standard of being loved unconditionally, well, that never happens. Or I should say, it rarely happens. So when did these put-downs most likely occur? They occur during childhood, when you're the most vulnerable, the most susceptible to whatever they, your parents are saying. Because you begin to think, well, okay, if they keep saying it over and over, maybe I am stupid. Maybe I am lazy. And you begin to own their put-downs. And what's the travesty in all of this? Your self-esteem and your confidence get crushed. Totally, 100% crushed. So much so that you begin to lose any idea of what you're capable of. It escapes. It goes out the window. You don't know. Now, obviously, parents are the first choice in put-downs because you're around them the most. But you can't overlook other people in society that could play a role in putting you down. Teachers, they could be challenging your intellectual ability. And then there are relatives. They could be putting you down and abusing you in multiple, countless ways. And then there's the bully at school. The bully who mocks you for everything. And then there's that so-called friend, the friend who's jealous of whatever it is you have. 
and coaches. They could be comparing you to others. And then there's your spouse who's putting you down either physically or verbally. All of those people can realistically play a role in putting you down. But none of these put-downs started in a vacuum. None of us, none of them, were born with the notion, I am going to put down everyone I know in life. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that my mission. But those put-downs actually most likely started in a generational phenomenon, snowballing down the hill. Great-great-grandparents passed their wounds onto your great-grandparents. Great-grandparents passed the wounds onto your grandparents. Your grandparents passed the wounds onto your parents. And your parents passed them on directly to you. So what happens here? How does this become a vicious cycle? A generational cycle. Basically, everyone is passing on what they've learned. If their entire environment consisted of put-downs, then they're going to pass those on to you. They're just passing on what they know. They don't know what a loving environment looks like. They don't know what it means to be accepted for who they are. And of course, the more they put you down, it boosts their self-esteem. And of course, with all the put-downs they've ever received, they somehow develop this idea of the perfect image, the perfect person that should be living life. And if you don't fit that perfect image, then guess what? You are going to be put down. And then it has to come to play that they lack social and emotional IQ. It's very low. It's very low. They have no idea. I mean, they're clueless on the impact words can have on you. They have no idea. They maybe never heard anything from a spiritual standpoint, like the Ten Commandments. They may never have heard anything about how to live life with love because they never lived it. But here is what is really cool. Now that you have, hopefully, a better understanding of why you are not your put-downs, you are in the best place to have the platinum opportunity to actually break the cycle. Yes, you can break this cycle. And you can break it with option one, and that's with forgiveness. Forgiveness will put an end to passing on the wounds onto your next generation. Now, in the next episode, I'm going to be describing and explaining all the particulars that go into what forgiveness consists of, what it looks like, how it works, and so on. But what forgiveness will do, if you're willing to take up the mantle for that, 
you will be putting yourself on the love path. Because right now with your put downs, you're on the fear path. But the love path is means that you are going to be taking action on your life to move it forward. You are beginning to say, no more am I these put downs. I am going to take action to reverse this. Now option two, which is a little bit easier, is where you could simply hold on to your anger, hold on to your hurt, and keep replaying all those tapes, all those visuals. And in the end, you will be allowing yourself to remain on the fear path. Why am I emphasizing forgiveness? In my humble opinion, it is one of two of the biggest game changers you will ever have in life. I mean, it will cause your life to do a complete 180, like you can't even imagine. Now, the first game changer was what I shared in episode one, and that was partnering up every single day so that you would begin to gain confidence that number one, God is real, God is the source, and God has your back. Because the more you do that, you will be able to trust the unknown. And with forgiveness, oh my gosh, you will experience such freedom you you can't even imagine. So for example, going back to what I illustrated with my dad, if you do your forgiveness work and make the emotional connection, you will not, when it comes time for you to cross over, carry the wounds with you. That will be history. No longer will you be living in the past. In other words, replaying all of those negative tapes, all of those negative visuals, because again, forgiveness will put that in the past. You will be allowing your mind to be focusing more on positive energy, creative energy. How can you on this particular day when you partner up with God, when you've done your forgiveness work, how can I be a better version of myself? How can I expand my creative energy? How can I do this? God, help me. I appreciate that. You will also begin to reclaim what are now tarnished qualities. I would wager that right now, it's hard for you to even imagine you have qualities. But trust me, you do. You have a lot of them. You see, I have put together a binary list. One side is love, one side is fear of qualities that we all have. We all have them. And what I'd like to do now, and the other, oh, here's the other thing. Oh my goodness, I can't forget this. With forgiveness, you will begin to see that all experiences... Every person that has come into your life came into it for a very specific reason. They were coming into your life to help you become a better person. You see, before I did my forgiveness work with my former husband, I never thought I would be able to say with confidence and conviction that, 
that he is an amazing person. I thought he was the ogre that God had honestly brought into my life to make it as miserable as possible. But I'm here to tell you, when I made my emotional connection, that's when I discovered that he is the blessing I needed in my life. He was showing me I needed to get down from my high horse where I thought I was this calm and centered person and I had some work to do on myself. That was huge. But I'm here to tell you that's what forgiveness did for me. I now see all the experiences and people in my life differently. And that's a blessing. Now, I am known for my 10-point cheer. Because what I want to do here is give you an idea, expand your idea of qualities you have. How I called this the 10-point cheer, I have no idea, but it all started back when my son was eight years old. He was a keeper on a soccer team, and we were on the drive to the game. And I said, well, John, let me give you the 10-point cheer. And so I was putting together 10 qualities that were all pertinent to being a keeper. You are agile. You are quick. You are decisive. You are athletic. You are agile and all of that. And so that's what the 10-point cheer is all about. I am going to be giving you an idea of other qualities that you have. Are you ready? You are creative. You are intelligent. You are worth knowing. Oh yes, you're worth knowing. You are decisive. You are powerful. You are talented. You are funny. You are thoughtful. You are amazing. You are resourceful. Now, as you're listening to this, I want you to know, if you're wondering, how do I know you have those? We all have them. I'm just helping you to refocus on what you have, what's buried right now. But with forgiveness, you're going to remove the buried, the tarnished aspect to those qualities, and you're going to have them come alive. Yes, indeed. And at the end of the day, I want you to know that you are a person with incredible gifts and talents to be shared with others. Don't ever forget that. Now, as a recap, I want you to refocus on the options that you have. So option one, you can go ahead and hold on to your hurt. You can hold on to your fear and allow yourself to remain on the fear path. On the other hand, if you choose to give forgiveness a try, you not only will experience freedom like you've never known before, but you will be doing your life a complete 180. A life that you didn't think was possible. Now there's a lot to consider here. Forgiveness or holding on to your anger. So as you're weighing over those options, I want you to know this. You are awesome. 
You are the best. And no one comes any finer than you. And that's the truth. Now, if you feel you have learned something and you've heard something that makes you feel better with more insight, hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss a single episode. And share this episode with one other person. It's the best way to help the show and help me reach more people. God bless.